Hello and welcome to Life Clarifications with Natasha. I am one who is a psychic medium and I am one who always wishes to be in the blessing of helping people. And I help a lot of people out in this moment uh, as we all are kind of going through something. And I want you to know that as we're going forward in our life, doing what we are doing, that, you know, so many of us, and this is not something I'm witnessing and, and actually living in myself here, is, is that, you know, I, I have an understanding of walking through this moment of what a lot of people are walking through, which is grief. And a lot of us don't realize that we're walking through grief. So with that, that I want you to know that no matter where you're at, what you're doing, where you're going for, that, you know, really until grief hits us. And that's why I want to talk about pre-grief, you know, before somebody passes, while something is passing, and then after. Because there is a process through it that we all go through, and it's all going to be individualized. It's all going to be that starting up of where we're at, what we're going forward and doing. And, you know, I'm jumping into the conversation here and you know, I have my phone covering up, you know, all the, how many are watching, but I'm just going to trust here. So if you want to make a comment in this, it's called a conversation because I'm here for you. I'm here for you and what you're going through here for what everyone is going through. And I know that a lot of us are going through a lot of the grief process, even if we don't realize it. And I used the description in the comment um, about the show. It's about that, you know, it's almost like dirt in a rug. You know, we know it's there. We know it's part of the process of where we're at. We know that it's um, part of the scenario of where we're at and hi on Instagram, hi on Facebook and, and YouTube or wherever you're at. So I'm live on Twitter. I'm live on YouTube. I'm live on uh, Instagram and Facebook. So if you're on Twitter, sorry, I don't know if I get comments. So if you want to go over to my YouTube channel, it's Natasha Venter and Jelly Clarifications that I would be grateful to have you there. And please, you know, I'm not into the game of having a bunch of followers, but I want to get the word out. I want to be able to be a positive influence in people's life going through the negative war. And so if you can be a follower of mine, um, cause I do regularly posts and that kind of stuff. If you can subscribe to wherever you're at or, um, follow wherever you're at or like what you have. And if you feel like somebody can really use this conversation, please share it because of the fact that this is something that I would like to help people through is the grief process. We're all going through it. And like I was about to say, it feels like almost like the dirt in a rug. We know it's there. We don't like it being there, but no matter how many times you vacuum, sometimes it stays there, right? Because it gets so embedded. Well, grief is part of that process, and it's not a happy conversation by any means, but it's one that it, once we know that it's here, once we know how that that's the energy that's that's dealing with us right now, many times that if we understand that the grief, it's grief, that we can kind of say, oh okay, it's time to be a little bit more gentle with myself, right? So as we go through the process of finding out that we're in grief, it, it, it is like the metaphorical dirt in the rug, you know, that no matter how much we vacuum up, grief never goes away. It will never go away. You can love something, love somebody, you know, have memories of something, and it will bring you back to a moment where it's it's not an easy place to be for some of us, right? But that's called the dirt in the rug because it's always coming back. It's always there, right? It's always, and even if we replace that rug, there's still the understuff, the, the floor underneath that supports the, the old story of what we were with that scenario, right? And like I did in a video last night about uh, even my cats, and dogs, you know, I didn't really talk about my dogs because it was only a two minute video. But, you know, you can have grief for no legged, two legged, four legged, you know, 
eight-legged it doesn't matter really what it is it's your relationship with it and i could tell you that many a times when we know something's going to happen the pre-grief we start grieving the process as soon as we get information about something right and i can even say that that like when my in-laws used to come and visit that i would before they would show up start grieving them leaving because of the fact that I was so sad about them leaving. And it didn't it, it mattered that I enjoyed them coming. I enjoyed their visit here, but I missed them leaving. And so grief hit me before, even when I found out that I was going to be doing that. Hi on Instagram again. Thank you for the hearts because that, you know, it, it is something that we all struggle with this energy. I don't care if you're a man, woman, purple, black, pink, you know, six foot, two foot, you know, um, a baby to to someone who's in their hundreds. It doesn't matter who or what you are. You deal with grief. And even, you know, the stories of vampires who live forever, you know, in the movies, the one thing they regret in the movies is when people, they have to leave people behind, right? Because of the fact that they survived them and they would rather not live longer sometimes because of that, or they don't want to get into another relationship because of that story, right? And so when we're going forward and doing our dance, that many times when we, when we are in the moment of grief, like let's say we're ready to lose a job or you know, we have this job that we love or we, or we don't want it, even if we don't want it, sometimes we grieve leaving the people behind, right? Because grief is not necessarily just the physical loss of someone or something that's left us in death, right? Grief is the process of an ending, an ending of anything. And that grief can hit us just as hard as losing somebody physical or something physical, right? So with that, that, you know, going forward in our life, giving ourselves that break of knowing that grief can hit us, even if we, our favorite restaurant closes and we are so pissed off because of it that's a form of grief and grief has many emotions to it right grief is has many emotions you can go from laughing so hard that you're crying to being very upset wanting to punch a hole in the wall all within minutes of each other that's called grief that's the emotion of grief and People don't realize that anger is so much part of that dance. They don't understand disbelief is part of, of grief. Uh, like, I don't believe it happened. I don't, I can't, I can't imagine that would ever happen. Why would that person never do that? I just can't believe it. That's grief. You know, that extreme happiness. And I can tell you that some people, I have a couple friends, they crack up laughing and make the dirtiest jokes when it's the most uncomfortable thing to laugh about, right? Because that's how they handle their emotion of anger and grief. They flip the coin over and, and make a funny out of it. And I know that not everybody believes that that's funny, but yet they do because that's their way of processing. And that's the thing that I didn't really think about talking about today was the processing of it in that word, right? The processing of grief is, is a, a very interesting place to be in because not everybody processes it well. I mean, half of us don't deal with getting information very well, right? The, the grief of, uh, um, the grief of, of finding out that something's going to happen. And then we, uh, then we go through that moment of disbelief. We, we, we fight the idea. We struggle with the idea. And part of that is the moment of, of, uh, of not being able to grasp on to something because of that grief, right? When we, remembering that, Grief is an emotion and not all of us handle emotions well. Because some of us were told to shut up 
when we were younger. Don't deal with it. Oh, don't cry. That's not manly of you, right? Um, oh, just shut up. You shouldn't be crying about that. You know, well, crying is part of that expression of letting go, right? And many of us weren't able to, to express that emotion of letting go. Because sometimes tears are part of that process. I don't care if you're male or female or whatever you choose to be, be um, you know, the languages of, of different belief systems here. So, you know, whoever you are, I'm going to say that, whoever you are, that it doesn't matter if you cry or not. It's okay because that's part of releasing. Now, what do we do with it is up to us, right? I mean, I believe the shower is a great place to, to let tears roll because that water is about emotions, right? And so when we're around a lot of water, sometimes our emotions get a little bit heavy. Now, do we need to go out and advertise that, you know, if I want to be on the masculine side that, that um, I need to tell everybody that I cried? No, but I'm going to tell you. If your grandmother was one that passed and you were so in love with her and she was part of your um, inspiration, she was part of your elderness, she was part of your support system, she was part of your the greatest thing in your life, and you don't allow yourself to cry just because it's a, it's a masculine thing to do not to cry, that saddens me because that's part of the process of releasing the energy of grief. And going forward with ourselves, and, you know, I know I have, you know, my feminineness, you know, a masculine side, and sometimes that gets a little bit um, stronger than I want it to be, and I buck up. But at the same time, though, I've learned in the process of life that when I have an emotion, I'm going to call it anger. You know, it doesn't matter if it's attached to grief or not. If I have anger, if I don't let it out in a healthy way, it's going to come out in a very unhealthy way. And grief is one of those things that if you are walking through it, it's going to have explosive moments if you don't allow it to have moments of being listened to. And those explosive moments can be with somebody else and they are in the, in the way, <laughs> I'm going to call it, or it could be, um, it could be the emotion that just comes out and you're in the middle of, of driving down the freeway and somebody does something and you get explosive about it, right? Because you're hurting and it's sad and you don't know where to go with this emotion and kids are really good at showing us explosive moments because they're not sure how to work with things, right? But when we get behind the wheel, you know, there's been times where I had grief that would just, oh, and it, one day, it was the most rainiest day we were having. I literally had to pull over on the freeway. Actually, I tried to wait. I said, okay, emotions, I know that you were struggling right now, but can you wait for me to get off the freeway? so I can be safe, right? And so I was able to get off and pull over into a parking lot and cry. Had water pouring down my windshield. And I cried because water was about emotions, right? So going forward in our life, that it, it's different in who we are if we allow those emotions to come out when we have them so that they don't become explosive. Now, I'm going to give you a little backstory with me. I've gone through quite a bit of grief in my life. Uh, I had um, a lot of grief through my childhood, not necessarily with losing people, but I had the grief of, of being an only child and not very many friends. So I had that grief of, of I don't want to call it loneliness, but it was loneliness, right? And then I, as I um, was a young adult, that uh, my parents passed away. And they passed away not at the same time, and it was over illnesses. So it was a drawn-out, long um, moment 
which I have an understanding when you're going through the grief process, it's almost easier to go through the like an illness because you go through the process of understanding that this person is not going to be here. Then it is like you found out somebody was in a car wreck and they passed away and you didn't get a chance to say goodbye. Or heart attack or something like that. Illness or, or, or a longed out process, which is sad for the person who has to live through it. But actually, then they can go through their own grief, too. That going through that moment of, of preparing for it does actually give you some, it keeps your feet a little bit differently underneath you, I'm going to call it. Because I can tell you when you found out, boom, something was happening. Like, let's say somebody brings in their dog into a vet or cat into a vet, right? And um, and that the vet suddenly tells you they have a major tumor and you, your dog looked like they were fine and all of a sudden they had a major tumor and then you had to put them to sleep. All within like, you just were going in for their yearly exam, right? And they were five years old. You didn't even think about it. And it takes your legs out from underneath you. So, a lot of times giving a little bit of time does help with the process of grief because you get a chance to get your legs underneath you, right? So that's where the pre-grief, that's where our pre-grief, the, the pre-knowing that somebody's going to come and visit, but they're going to have to go. The pre-grief of, of getting told that, um, that your best friend is moving to another state, right? And you have time to, to um, enjoy them, let's say. Uh, then there's also the, the pre-grief of getting uh, a diagnosis, right? And getting the diagnosis of, you know, people who, who get self-diagnosed or get the diagnosis for themselves or people who are hearing this diagnosis, there's the grief and they, I'm going to tell you there is the generalness of grief that each person goes through. But at the same time, when it's yourself, it's a different form of grief because you're, you're knowing that things are happening for you, right? So it's more personal where somebody else is personal for them because they're witnessing you. They're, they're, they're with you. They, they don't necessarily understand what you're going through, but they don't, but you can't understand what they're going through because they don't do it. And so that's where for me, when I sit with someone in a session, because I do mediumship sessions, you know how many mediumship sessions I've had to do for people who, um, for parents who their child committed suicide. And so that's part of my work. That's part of my, my calling to do is to give the voice of a child's message to their parents. I am so grateful that I'm able to do that. I am so grateful that I can do that. And I really try to hold high integrity when I do that because this is not an easy place for the parent to be, to listen to hearing this, to knowing this. And so I do love to support um, a parent, whatever age, in their process of dealing with the, um, the message that their loved one wants to give them. But how are we to know what that person really went through? And I get an image of it. I get messages of it. I get a movie shown to me. So I get a bigger picture of it. But at the same time, I wasn't in their feet. I wasn't in their shoes. I wasn't in their brain. And many times I do put myself in the energy of it. And, oh, my gosh, what people, some people have to live with. <sighs> you know? So with that, knowing that grief is part of our dance and someone who's never been touched by grief, you know, there's some people who handle it differently. I've known certain people that just don't really step into grief very much. They don't handle emotions very well either, but they step into it differently. Now for me, it's like, okay, I'm here. I'm sad, right? I'm sad and it, it's bothersome. And I'm kind of mopey. I'm melancholy tonight, right? And please put up with me. I'm. I'll be fine tomorrow. It's. I'm giving myself a night, right? So dealing with our pre, 
pre-grief about knowing things are going to happen. And I can tell you that, you know, living with, a, um, with my mother with Lou Gehrig's disease, ALS, that by the end of that year, I was kind of over the, the living grief, her living still, because she was at the point where she just, she was skin and bones and she couldn't breathe because it was, uh, ALS is one of those diseases that takes the muscles away from the body. So your heart still beats, you still can blink, but yet at the same time, the muscles that make your, your tummy move to push the lungs, the air out in and out of your tummy or in and out of your lungs, stop working. And you're, you, some people have a hard time swallowing. Uh, so you, you don't do the squat, you, you get saliva and then you can't swallow, right? So you basically suffocate or, you know, there's that process. And, and she was at that point, her body was not going to come back. Her body was very done and uh, it was time for her to go. And I was personally done with the living grief. Now it was time to deal with the physical of her leaving grief. And, you know, that I think that's where it, it's in a way almost nice to get there because of the fact that it helps the process of things moving on. I can say the same thing about my child who moved back home, who was new, moving to New Mexico, right? And, and so when, um, hi, Linda, um, glad you're here. Love you. Um, that, you know, going through that process of the grief of, of my, my daughter moving to New Mexico. Well, she moved it back in the house. And, you know, a 21-year-old, 22-year-old moving back into the house and following rules. And, and, you know, by the time she was moving to New Mexico three and a half, four months later, it was like, okay, time for you to go. Because of the process, it was part of that process. And, um and it's not necessarily a story of where we're going. And sorry, I'm not having anybody on my show, Linda. I, I apologize. That um, that going through that process of grief doesn't necessarily help us go forward. But yet, at the same time, because I still grieve her, miss I still miss her. But at the same time, I know she's in a better place because of the fact that we move through that process, right? We move through that process and. I know going through uh, going through you know the grief process uh, this year actually quite a bit. Um, lost a dear friend that, um, and then my father-in-law passed, and then um, I've had uh, a couple people that I used to cut hair, and I um, I've cut their hair for thirty-five years, thirty-eight years, thirty-eight years, and um, one I can't get a hold of, and and. She, I'm feeling like she's got I had something intuitively tells me that she's not around. And then the other one passed away. And now I'm missing, now I'm losing a very, very dear friend, very, very dear friend. And it, it's, and it's one of those things that, that going forward in our lives that, you know, it, it doesn't matter if somebody's blood or not, we can still miss them just as much. And that's the thing that, that I don't, I feel like people don't give themselves credit that, that they don't give themselves the, that they should be able to grieve certain scenarios. And you should, you could, it, it's part of the process, right? Grief is part of the process and it's okay to grieve it. It's okay to cry. It's okay to be sad. It's okay to not be um, um, able to negotiate for a moment or two because you're so overrun with emotions, right? Because of the fact that when we, when we allow ourselves to be sad, be happy. You know, like when I did my, uh, when we went down to Florida to my father-in-law's service, you know, played an Uno game, made me laugh so hard that I was crying. And then we got in the car and went to a service because that was part of the emotions that we were in. We were in very extreme emotions at that time. And, and it was okay to be laughable at the same time crying. And at the same time, you know, it, it brings a balance to who we are when we can laugh and cry at the same time. Right. So remembering that, that emotions and grief 
are part of the process of of dancing, especially when we are um, negotiating our world. When we're negotiating our world. And if somebody has not lost something, I'm going to just call it something, that when they don't really have the understanding of what something can be um, that, that really, uh, what's the word? They don't understand how heartbroken somebody can be or heart are, are so empty or so like disjointed or like for me, since I went through the grief process at the same time having my children, I, um, I lost my dad while I was carrying my, um, my first child. And then my mom was um, diagnosed with Lou Gehrig's disease three weeks after my second child was born. So I was having children at the same time my parents were passing, right? That, um, that there's something that happened to me. And so when I'm in a lot of stress, I don't think as straight as I could. And I get it. I know that about me. And I treat pre-warn people. Right now, I'm going through a major thing here. Um, please, you know, just give me a minute. I'll, I'll get myself righted here, right? Because of the fact that I understand what's triggering me. I understand that I'm in grief. I understand that something is happening to me. Like the end of June, I'll get melancholy. And I'll be like, what is going on with me? Lost my dad on the 26th of June and then lost my uncle on the 1st of July. So that whole week is pretty, and I, um, and my uncle was one that I took care of him. I was his power of attorney. So I was, I had to take care. I was responsible for his outcome or his being. So with that, that, um, that, and I had a, I had a, a, a two-year-old and a four-year-old at the time or six-year-old at the time. So with that, that the things were happening around me. So at the same time that I was trying to get my footing underneath me, having being a mom, I was going through the grief process. And that kind of, I'm not going to say I'm blonde, but I, it really did, you know, fry some brain cells in there. So when I do get stressed, I get mentally where I have to make sure I write things down sometimes, because especially if it's really high stress right? Because that grief process and people, if I'm, I'm hoping and praying that when people go through a very life altering experience, like grief, um, like a scenario like that car accident, or something that changed your world, that is part of the grief process. And when you go through a life altering experience that takes your legs out from underneath you, that when you get into a scenario again, like that, you can get kind of a, uh, I'm going to call it, um, well, what's the word? Um, it's not like uh, the the P PTSD. It's not like that, but it's like the, it's it's like that that not being able to to be as clear or thinking as you can. And, and Veronica, I'm so grateful this topic really touches my heart. I, I, I agree that, that it is very touchable because we're, we're going through it. And that's the thing that like, uh, like I was having a conversation with somebody the other day and they were saying how they really almost hate how much they're grieving still somebody who passed away, you know, 10, 15, 20 years ago. My dad, let's see, Scott is 29 years ago or 29 years. So it was 29 years ago that my dad passed away. And that in many ways, like I said, the end of June can be pretty much like it was yesterday. And I have to understand that, okay, you're here. <laughs> you're here. It's kind of like a dog that kind of comes up and rubs up against your leg. Oh, you're here. Hi there. How are you? Can you, you know, what, what can we do today? Oh, you want me to just sit for a minute and, and have a tearful moment? Okay, I'm going to have a tearful moment. Thank you. And then the dog goes off and the, so does that emotion, right? So allowing these emotions to be, and that's one thing that I want to get, if anything I can get clear tonight is, is that, you know, it's okay if you're sad when things happen. It's okay to grieve in this moment. There's a lot of us that have to be strong. Yes, there's a lot of us that have to be strong. 
I get that. We all have to be strong. I am one that I have to be strong. There's sometimes where, you know, like, uh, you know, doing what I'm doing, um, you know, you know, like, let's say for me, you know, when I was at my father-in-law, you know, I ended up being the driver in Florida because my husband gets anxiety when he drives out of town and that's okay. You know, I accept that. Actually, he does better with directions than I do because I'm dyslexic. So when I say take a right, I mean, go, you know, it doesn't go, you know, it doesn't work as well as when he tells me to go right. Right. And so he, he, I, he does the, the, the dry, uh, the telling and I do the driving. Well, at the same time, being the medium, I was being giving messages for my father-in-law who said, I didn't know you did this when he was alive. You know, he didn't really believe in what I was doing, but not when he was passed, he believed in me. And, and so I was a messenger for him. Right. And discernment was a big part of it. I had to make sure people were ready for it. And I honored that. And then my husband was going through grief and he, I was a safe place to fall. So it was not always the easiest day for him to be with me. And I love him for it. I love that I could be a soft place, but at the same time though, I could not be as strong as I wanted to be. And that's the thing that when we're going through grief, sometimes we can't be as strong as we want to be. We can't be. And going forward is not always the easiest thing to be in where we're at because of the fact that sometimes when we're emotional, i.e. needing to cry at a drop of a hat and then laughing the next minute and then wanting to 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 scream and yell into a pillow because we're so mad and then sitting on the floor just because you're just so wrung out like a rock, an old wash rag you know you're so wrung out that i can't explain grief any easier than that because it's even more and then those who lose children who lose children before their time You know, it's not easy. It's not easy. And I honor you for that. And there again, me being a medium, I have very much helped many parents uh, through that process, through uh, messaging for their children. Loving who you are is the greatest gift you can get be in the moment when you're sad. And, you know, sometimes our mates are our other hat or our spouses or our friends or somebody won't understand those moments. They don't understand those moments because they're in a different place. You know, like when I lost my parents, my husband was now was drinking pretty heavily at that time. And so he wasn't necessarily in the. Oh, what's the word? Uh cleanest mind to deal with those emotions and so with that that he doesn't really understand what i have gone through with grief because even though he witnessed me but like when i called him from the hospital room when i was in seattle and he was an hour and a half away and sitting there with a baby in my belly at the outside of the hospital room when my dad passed and he goes, I'm so sorry that you passed. And then he called his mom and said, Natasha's crying. Why? I don't know what to deal with her. I don't know what to do with her. And my mother-in-law wonderfully said, let her cry. Because she just lost her dad. You know, it's okay to not put a timeline on loss. It's okay to, to not be the best person all the time you can be. Because I can tell you the other side of what grief has given gives us is a vulnerability to know ourselves a little bit better. I can tell you being in the grief process that it really woke me up 
that life is more than than getting in the car and going to work. Um, grief has taught me that when there's a raindrop at the um, on the tip of a leaf after a rainy moment and the sun glistens through it, that that's a magical moment. I also understand that as my husband has a six-year um, uh, reference to wanting to retire, that I keep reminding him, honey, today's just as important as that date. Because we don't know what's going to happen in between now and then. And it's good for us to enjoy the journey. Because it's not a destination. Grief is not a destination. Losing someone is not a destination. Being in the process of, of knowing something's going to happen is not the destination. Even though when the door closes, someone or something does pass, that that is like a doorway. It's like the flip of a coin, right? <laughs> the coin went from heads to tails, right? But it's still the same coin. And so with that, that when we're going forward and managing our life, that that it's not always easy to be there but that doorway is something that we can if we can embrace ourselves a little bit more it's amazing what that grief can teach us if we sit with it if we're willing to negotiate with it and that's the thing that that going forward it's not life is not easy it's not going to be easy, but yet our percep perception and perspective do help us negotiate it just a little bit. And not being so hard on ourselves is a benefit, right? Is a benefit. So believe in who you are. We're only here once in this physical body. Yes, our soul is eternal, as I have an understanding. And if you, I hope you do too. But that doesn't mean that we can try it next lifetime. Heck, we don't know what we were going to do in this lifetime. Well, how are we going to know what's going to happen in the next lifetime, right? So if I can leave anything with you today is, is, to, is to believe that today has something for you to present. And that's one thing that grief has really given me the awareness of is, is that today in this moment is important. It's very important. And what can we do to help it be better? What can we do to help others do better in it? And I know that for me that, you know, watching, I know in our school that we have like about four women that are, that have either just had babies or are having babies or getting, or um, just got married and ready to do certain things, right? That, that there's these new beginnings that are happening. And that's one thing that, I want people to know that, you know, as we leave, lose the ones that are so dear with us, don't be afraid to talk about them to the ones that are left behind. I talk about my parents, not enough with my, about my, with my children, but I do, I try to. Because of the fact that, that without our lineage of, of knowing who somebody is, just like for me, you know, that, that. You know, when, when my young, my older Scott was a, a baby, I had a cat named Brody. She's been gone now 30 years, almost 30 years, right? And Brody used to do Brody's in the, in the around when she was a kitten, she used to do Brody's in, in, on the linoleum. And if anybody knows about Brody's, it's the spinning of the tires. And then, you know, as they go around the corner, you go in the car, right? She's black and white, perfect for Brody. That was she was a cat thirty years ago, and you know she would when Scott would read a book, she would go and put her tail around his head because she wanted to give love to him, right? Well, I speak of Brody to Scott because Brody was very much Brody would lay on my belly when I had a, when I was having him, and and actually my daughter Fia. You know, it would lay on my belly because she was part of that process. And it makes me want to cry thinking about her. Because, But she was a cat. 
but I still want to cry thinking about her because she was so instrumental in helping me be me. She told my ex-husband off one day and he was being mean to me because she's protective. So with that, that it's okay to be sentimental. It's okay to be that process. Now, should we stay there all the time? No. I sometimes, um, there's just times where I just, it comes over me and I got to sit in it. You know, I really got to sit in it. So I turn on a very soppy movie, do it the female way. And I, I sit down and I cry for a night. I turn off the lights and I just cry, right? Do something that can help you. Now, if, if you ma- do it in a masculine way, you know, go out and do something that is, you know, that can help you process your emotions that way. But I give it a timeline. I give it a time. And then in the morning I say, well, you had that time last night and we got to get going. So I'm glad that you're still here with me, but you can't be in control. And that's the thing about emotions, that if we don't interact with them, they'll control us. And that's one thing that I've learned. It's okay to be a little bit angry and scream into a pillow. No, it's not okay to hit a wall, but it's okay to scream on a pillow. Be proactive in how you are angry. Get a piece of paper and just scribble on it. Get it out of you if you're angry. I know some people go to the batting, a batting cage and they hit baseballs to get out their anger or they have punching bags. They do something. My husband goes, plays golf, hit a golf ball, teaches you how to be angry, right? Because the harder you hit a ball, the less it goes forward because <laughs> you get out of rhythm with it, right? So it teaches you how to be angry and work with it instead of at it right? Uh, Hi, Kamal. How you doing? Uh, uh, um, Boy, what time in Pakistan is it? Uh, But it's good to see you. So I'm talking about grief here. You know, going into this moment of, of who we are and doing that, you know, the post, the post, because I talked about the pre, you know, that, that it's, It's okay to be ouch when you are knowing something's going to happen. It's okay to be angry when you know somebody's or something's going to pass or a job's going to change or, or, um, or, you know, things are happening, right? That it's okay to be upset. It's okay to be angry. But remember that it's, we got to be careful how we are with other people doing that, right? That that it's not okay to take it out on people. It's okay that if we find out somebody who has cancer and we're upset about it, like, you know, with my friend that, that's, that has cancer right now and, and, you know, we sobbed in each other's arms, you know, because we were, we're in that, that the, the pre-passing, you know, that in, we enjoy each other so much because we have that other understanding that, that, that some people don't have. And, you know, and so when we have those moments where you're going to miss somebody so much because they know how to, like my dad and I, we finished each other's sentences, you know, and I miss that. But it's okay to be upset and sad at that moment. Knowing that, you know, we're going to be differently upset and sad after they go. But please remember that it doesn't matter when somebody goes. Because it could be like tomorrow or yesterday. Even though it was 30 years ago. Because emotions ride with us. It's kind of like I said at the beginning of this. Emotions are like dirt in a rug. You know, it's always there. We can try to vacuum it up, lighten it up. We can even replace the rug, but still the dirt is still going to be there, right? Even if we try to take the rug out and put in hard floor, hardwood floors, but the dirt still comes back because that's what grief and emotions do. They come back. 
they come back and they then they come around and they say to us you know what i'm here again hi and that's when it's wise to give yourself a metaphorical hug and say hi okay you're here now what are we gonna do oh well no i can't go drink myself into oblivion but what i can do is i can I can go for a walk and cry because right now it's raining and it feels like it's a good time to have a good cry. Masculine or feminine, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. So knowing that life is about having grief is part of the process. So that's where I'm going to offer to you that be kind to the people around us because we don't know what somebody else has had to deal with. You know, like for me, working in the elementary school system, sometimes there's a parent that gets pulled, called off to hauled off to jail the night before, and they're grieving that they don't have the family that they wish they had. They're grieving that that moment happened. They're grieving that they're embarrassed because of this situation and they don't know how to talk about it. They're grieving the reality that their parents aren't what they wish they could be right? And much more. And so I have to be kind to people because we just don't know where they're at. We don't just don't know who they are all the way. And so please be kind to yourself because, you know, sometimes me missing Brody, a cat from 30 years ago, pops up. But then who's right behind in that emotion? My dad because she passed away right around the same time my dad did. That's the thing about my animals. They tend to pass away at big times in my life. Like my Maya, my cat, she passed away at the last day of my job. I got a new position in the same school, but it was not what I was thinking would be better for me. But now I know why. I know why the universe put me there. So I got to trust. But the thing is, though, she knew, my Maya knew that I was going into a new knowing of myself and I had to get a new, new support system. Sadly, I found out that was me. <laughs> found out that was me. So with that, please be kind to yourself because emotions come. They do come and they will come. How do you logistically let them process through? It's up to you and your personal dance. So trust yourself that emotions are not a negative. They're a big part of us. And grief is a part of the emotional baggage that we walk in. So believe in who you are. Believe in who you are. So at this moment in time, I would love to do oracle cards. I love to pull oracle cards for people, and I feel like that um, this is a great one to do that with. So if you would like an oracle card, um, please um, say you would. I'm going to do dragons, the, my dragon deck here. So if you'd like um, a dragon card, I'm also going to do Ganesh. Ganesh is about ending, so I figured he was a good one for um, for today with um, endings. And so I'll probably do a card just from him uh, today. And then uh, who else wants to come out? Uh, Veronica, if you're still there, what kind of deck would you like? Would you like the gentle creatures or um, maybe unicorns today? Maybe I might do unicorns. I'll do unicorns. Magical unicorn. So if you like a, um, a card, please put in the comments that you'd like a card. What I do with this is I shuffle a deck for you and then a message. You don't have to tell me what you want. So on Instagram, if you would like that. And if you're listening on Twitter, you can go to my YouTube channel, Natasha Venter Angelic Clarifications, and look at my videos there. Um, oh, you want unicorns. Thank you, Veronica. Um, and uh, you can put some comments in there if you'd like a card. I will be on for a little bit longer here. So unicorns. 
Okay, so for Veronica Unicorns. Kamal, would you like a card too? I'm going to clear the deck. Put the messages. Now, remember, when you're asking for a card, all you need to do is put an intention in. You don't have to say anything. Just put an intention and the energies will come. The energies will come. And then I'll do a Ganesh card for everybody. There we go. Oh, what a blessing. Thank you for being here, everyone. I so appreciate this. I know this is not an easy conversation, but it's a conversation we need to have because a lot of us are going through the grief process. The grief process. And um, I guess that card wanted to come out. Uh, and, you know, the more we talk about it, the easier actually it gets. So listen to your true feelings, my dear. Listen to your true feelings. So the unicorns, listen to your true feelings. Um, don't let others talk you into doing something that you know is wrong. Okay, and I'll read a little bit more. So listen to your true feelings. Listen to your true feelings. Don't let others talk you into doing something that you know is wrong. This card means that someone might ask you to do something against your better judgment. You may be tempted to give in, to please the other person. You might worry that if you say no, the other person won't like you anymore. But this card reminds you that it is very important for you to listen to your true feelings before taking action. You must choose from yourself what's right and what's wrong. If you feel confused, then talk with someone you trust, such as your mother, father, teacher, or best friend. You can also speak to your angels. In the end, though, you must decide what's right for you. This choice must come from your inner voice, not from outside pressure. Choose the path that will make you happiest in the long run. Some choices only feel good temp temporarily, then afterward you feel let down. The best choice makes you feel happier for a longer period of time. To hear your truer feelings, you need to make sure, make sure you have some quiet time. Close the door of your room. Turn off then all the noise. Shut your eyes. Breathe deeply. Then ask the question in your mind and listen. Listen to your body, your heart, and your mind. Write down everything that you think, see, hear, or feel from within. Take action to that you know in your heart is the right thing to do. I hope that helps. So listen to your true feelings, Veronica. Okay, is there anybody else that would like to have a card, even on Instagram? All you have to say, so um, either unicorns or dragons or Ganesh. I love Ganesh. He's actually on my phone. <laughs> He's, uh, I have him in certain places. Um, you're very welcome, Veronica. He's in certain places in my house too. I don't have too many of them, but I actually have a singing bowl with Ganesh on it. And I, I love Ganesh very much. So with that, I think so looking at the time, I'm going to shuffle the deck. So this is a card for everyone. Okay, so Ganesh. So if you want to put the intention out there of the best card for what you would like. These are thicker cards. Okay, the deck. Putting the intention, Ganesh, what would you like for others to know to help them in their life? As we come into this full moon, this weekend is a full moon. Full moons are about um, full moons are about letting go, releasing. And we have one, I think it's this Sunday, the 10th. These are really thick cards. They're hard to shuffle. 
Okay, Ganesh. Open up, please. Hmm? What would you like us to know? Speak, speak, speak. Speak, speak, speak. Are you the cards? Yes, you are the cards. Oh, you want me to do the top. Okay. Insight. 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 Isn't that a beautiful card? It's almost like the picture I have on my phone. Ganesh is a very beautiful being. So right now on Instagram, if you're just joining, I am doing Oracle cards. So number 26, and I drew uh, Insight from Ganesh. Insight. Your inner compass knows the key to your happiness, to your true happiness. Ganesh is focusing attention on your third eye chakra. He is acknowledging that you are in a phase where you can grow and expand your consciousness. Intuition is a voice of the spirit and soul. It can be part it can be hard when you are in a state of calm. It can be heard when you're in a state of calm. So your intuition is a voice of spirit and soul. It can be heard when you are in the state of calm. You have the ability to tune into a strong, clear connection. Guidance, the guidance you receive from the divine can always be trusted. The intuitional insights you receive speak to your to you about things that directly affect your life, relationships, and personal process. You may find that your intuition grows and becomes clearer the more that you tune in and follow it. The more you are clear, your the third eye chakra, energy space, and practice using your intuition, the more clearly you will see in every way. Indigo blue is the color of the third eye chakra. When the third eye chakra is in balance, you are self-realized, you will find what you live in harmony with, your expanded true self with people who, who interact with your life. This does not mean that you will never have a problem, but rather that you look at them with a different perspective. You may find that you are charismatic, empathetic, highly intuitive. You are intelligent and a good imagination and an accurate perception. So with that, it's time to believe in your third eye. It's time to trust that process, those intuitional feelings. And when you trust those intuitional feelings and processes, many times you get clearer. And I can tell you going through the grief process, as we talked about, it gets your intuition a lot clearer because you're not so worried about being so, you become more charismatic about your life. And you don't care about a lot of things like you did before because you know what? Being someone who is really flamboyant and extreme and and um, has the best of everything, when you get into grief and you know it deeply, those things really don't make a difference. Being comfortable makes a difference is important. Being happy is something that's important. But really being totally um, uh, shallow grief that's not grief that's not grief so believe in yourself as Ganesh does believe in yourself as Ganesh does so I'm going to close this out with actually doing my singing bowl and here's Ganesh in my singing bowl and I just learned how to make it sing so I'm going to do this as I go out knowing that we're all loved and take a deep breath when I do this singing bowl, please, and let it help clear your energy.
go, what's bothering you? Deep breath and trust. And on this last one, take a deep breath and let it out slowly and believe that you are loved. As I say goodbye, I'm here Mondays and Wednesdays at four o'clock Pacific time on Instagram, only on Wednesdays, unless I have a guest. I do the Dance of the Soul on Mondays and you can reach me on Facebook and my YouTube channel. Natasha Venter, AngelicClarifications.com. If you go to my YouTube channel, I have a lot of short videos there um, and some videos that I don't post anywhere else. So you can go onto my YouTube channel and please like and share and um, enjoy uh, being uh, in the moment of life. So as I do my singing bowl, the last here, please remember to breathe and know that you are blessed and loved.